too long Singing the same notes, the same songs Putting me behind the misery It's all for me Been holding on for too long But now I've got nothing to hold on It all just sounds like Joe Collins. I'm in my backyard and I want to welcome you to See Me Church. Our mission is to love God and neighbor one household at a time. We're a group of ordinary people who believe in the extraordinary message of Jesus Christ. So no matter who you are or what your story, we're glad you're here. So we've been in a series called One-on-One -on -one with Jesus. The idea is to take a deeper look at the individual interactions Jesus had with a number of different people. Last week, we delved into a one-on-one -on -one between Jesus and his mother, Mary, when Jesus was just a preteen. This was the second time we looked at an interaction between him and Mary. And we saw that, like Mary, we needed to let Jesus be Jesus. Today, I wanna to look at another one-on-one -on -one Jesus had, this time with someone known as a rich young ruler. As always, the goal is to draw out something relevant to our faith and life today. Now, I don't know about you, but during the quarantine, I've gotten hooked on a series called The Last Dance. It's about Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls. I really enjoy watching it because I like the, the, the peeling back of the curtain and the behind the scenes glimpse of what really went on. Now, after spending the past week diving into this one-on-one -on -one between Jesus and the rich young ruler, I feel like I've done just that, that I've gotten a glimpse of what was going on behind the scenes. And what I've discovered is not only relevant to my faith in life today, but has the power to change me and you forever. And I'd like to share what I learned with you now. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time to come and to examine your word, to worship together as a church family. We pray for this quarantine to end soon so we can come back together in, in sweet interpersonal fellowship. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, before I go any further, I want to let you know that there are three different versions of this encounter between Jesus and the rich young ruler. One is in Matthew, one is in Mark, and one is in Luke. Today, I'm going to be focusing on the account in Luke, but from time to time, I am going to reference the other two for additional information. So turn with me to Luke chapter 18. We're going to start in verse 18. A certain ruler asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? In Luke 18, Jesus is traveling from Galilee to Judea. Along the way, he passed through several towns where he and his followers could stop, they could rest, they could resupply, and he could even spend some time teaching the crowds that would frequently gather. Now in one of these small towns, he is approached by a rich young ruler. And he's asked a question that many people even today would love to know the answer to. Now the word translated ruler in the Greek is archon, and it generally means one who has administrative authority, leader, or official. In scripture, it's best used to describe various Jewish leaders, including those in charge of a synagogue or even members of the Sanhedrin. 
Now, seeing as Jesus met this man in one of those small towns on his way to Jerusalem, it's likely that he was a local synagogue leader in that town. In addition, Matthew and Mark both tell us that the man was rich, relatively young, and wealthy. This is why we call him the rich young ruler. Now the question he asked Jesus is also informative, and it reveals to us that he was not only successful and in the prime of his life, but that he was also spiritually minded and maybe even a little insecure about his own salvation. I mean, why would he ask the question in the first place? So far, I have to admit, I really like the rich young ruler because I can relate to him. Well, not the fact that he was successful and wealthy and in the prime of his life, but that he was spiritual and insecure. You know, for many years I wondered if I was doing enough to get to heaven. Fortunately for the both of us, this man had the opportunity to ask the one person who could answer that question. Verse 19, why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good except God alone. Now at first glance, Jesus's response is curious. He seems bothered by the fact that the young man called him good. Some have suggested that Jesus is downplaying his own divinity, but I don't think that's the case. In fact, I think the opposite is true. Jesus was really trying to highlight his divinity. You know, the word for good in Greek is agathos, and it refers to meeting a high standard of worth and merit. But it's also a relative term that, depending on its context, could be used to communicate a whole range of goodness, anywhere from the capital G, or absolute goodness of God, like God is good, to the better than average kind of goodness, like when we consider some people good friends, or you introduce someone as a good guy. The question is in what sense did the rich young ruler use this word when he greeted Jesus? Was it simply a greeting? Or was he saying something about Jesus' character? That he believed him to be capital G good in the absolute sense, like God is good? Or did he believe him to be good in the better than average or relative sense of the word? To be honest, I don't know because there's just not enough information in the text. But considering Jesus' response to the question, why do you call me good? And the follow-up, no one is good except God alone. He seems to be wondering the same thing. And judging by what happens next, the latter, unfortunately, seems to be the case. Verse 20. You know the commandments. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother. All these I have kept since I was a boy, he said. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, you still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. Now, after pointing out the ambiguity in the rich young ruler's use of the word good, Jesus goes on to answer his question about eternal life. And he begins by referencing the 10 commandments. But before he can finish, the rich young ruler gets so excited that he interrupts him, claiming to have kept all of the commandments since he was a boy. In response, Jesus says, you still lack one thing. And then he challenges him to give up his wealth and follow him. You ever watch those quiz shows where if you buzz in too early, the contestant doesn't get to hear the rest of the question and he just has to guess at the answer? That's kind of how I picture this interaction between Jesus and this man. The rich young ruler buzzed in too quickly and he didn't let Jesus finish 
speaking and he ended up answering the wrong, giving the wrong answer. Which is why in verse 22, Jesus said, you still lack one thing. You know, the simple truth is the rich young ruler was wrong. He had not kept all the commandments since he was a boy. For starters, he loved money more than he loved God, which is why Jesus told him to give it up in the first place. But then Jesus said to him, follow me. You know, I believe Jesus saw a lot of good in the rich young ruler. Mark tells us that it was about this point that Jesus looked at him and loved him. But the real question was, was what Jesus was getting at at the start of their one-on-one. Did the rich young ruler see him as good, capital G, like God? Well, we're going to find out. Verse 23. When he heard this, he became very sad because he was very wealthy. Jesus looked at him and said, How hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. So the short answer is no. The rich young ruler did not see God in Jesus' answer. According to Luke, he became very sad. And the idea of giving up his wealth, at the idea of giving up his wealth, and Matthew tells us that he walked away leaving Jesus' offer to become one of his disciples because he loved his money. You know, what if he hadn't? What if he believed in the godlike goodness of Jesus? And he actually decided to follow him, to give up his wealth and follow him. You know, there was a group of onlookers nearby that included many of Jesus' own disciples who were wondering that same question. Verse 26, they said, those who heard this asked, who then can be saved? Jesus replied, what is impossible with man is possible with God. Peter said to him, we have left all we had to follow you. Truly I tell you, Jesus said to them, no one who has left home or wife or brothers or sisters or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will, fall, will fail to receive many times as much in this age and in the age to come eternal life. You know, if the rich young ruler had believed in the God-like, capital G, goodness of Jesus, not only would he have seen and experienced incredible things like the resurrection and Pentecost and all the miracles, but he would, have, he would have also personally received many times more than anything he ever gave up in this life, and then eternal life, which was the one thing he wanted more than anything. You know, in the series, The Last Dance, Jordan is asked about his reputation as not being a quote-unquote nice guy. You know, and his answer was interesting. He got a bit emotional, and he, and he said something like this. I challenged people when they didn't want to be challenged. I earned that right because I didn't ask anything of them that I wouldn't do myself. Now, if they want to call me not a nice guy or some kind of tyrant because of that, well, that's because they never want anything. You know, I said at the beginning that as I peeled back the lesson here and the, the, the interaction between the rich young ruler and Jesus, I was able to learn some things that actually had the power to change our lives. Here's, here, and, here, and here's what it is. Your view of Jesus will determine how you follow him. 
if you believe him to be good, capital G, good, like God is good, then nothing he tells you, whether it's sell everything you have and follow him or simply repent of your sin and be baptized in his name is too big of an ask. But if he's just another good guy, better than most, then you're going to pick and choose what you, choose, what you follow. And you're going to miss out on all the blessings that he wants to give you, not only in this life, but in the life to come. And so church, the real question we should be asking ourselves today is not, what must I do to inherit eternal life? It's, why do you call Jesus good? You know, at Simi Church, we believe the Bible is the best source of truth in our world today. In it, we learn that Jesus is Lord, that he lived a sinless life, died on a cross, and rose to life again. It is in this belief that we do everything. We're a member-supported fellowship by people like me. You can give online at seemechurch.org or by texting keyword seemechurch to 77977. At this time, we're going to take communion. All you need is some matzah and some grape juice. Once I pray, I'll give you a few minutes of music to allow you time to eat the bread and drink the cup in remembrance of Jesus and to meditate on his life, death, burial, and resurrection. Let's pray. Father, it's so awesome to just pause and look deeply into your word. It's amazing the insights we get, and I want to thank you, God, for that life-changing insight that how I view Jesus is going to determine everything about how I live my Christianity. God, I pray today that I will view him as who he truly is, my Lord and Savior. Thank you for his death, burial, and resurrection. Thank you that he went to the cross on behalf of my sin and all of our sin. Forgive us now of our sins and help us to recommit ourselves to him. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You know, if for some reason you are not able to take communion, please make sure you do so later today. We want Simi Church to be your church, your family's church, and your neighbor's church. If you want to know more, 
let the person who told, who, who told you about us know. Or feel free to contact me directly. My details are on our website. If you'd like to know what we're doing at Simi Church, please subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Also, I want to remind all of our members to engage your worlds for Christ. You can do this by praying for, investing in, and being Jesus to the people you know. And don't forget to invite them to Simi Church. You can start by sharing the link to our website and social media outlets. Finally, I want to thank everyone who gave so generously to the Calcutta Church. In total, we gave over $5,000 that will provide basic foodstuffs to our brothers and sisters over there. I hope you have a great rest of the day. God bless, and we'll see you next Sunday. Been holding on for too long Singing the same, those the same songs Putting me behind the misery It's all for me Been holding on for too long But now I've got nothing to hold on